0: You're listening to Moto the Podcast, a podcast about life, music, culture, entertainment, pretty much everything. Led by two future lawyers, Mahini and Toby. Moto. That's why it's called Moto.
1: I'm so sorry for putting your off, just giggling because we've not done this in so long.
0: Did I sound rusty?
1: No, you didn't. Welcome back, Motonians and Toby.
0: Motonians, is that what we're going with now?
1: Yeah, it's been absolutely bonkers these last... This year, has it? Actually. Has it been bonkers? <laughs> in the sense that we haven't had time to do a moto episode because I started a new job. Toby's been like looking at himself in a mirror for three years, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very true. Wondering what's going on. Yeah, no, I've had exams. Um, probably the biggest chunk of exams for this year. So, yeah, we're back on, back on the straight and narrow. Lots more moto content is coming.
1: Ready to rumble.
0: Ready to rumble. Oh, is that a is
1: that boxing? Oh, okay. Good segue. That is a boxing reference and was totally intentional um, because we're joined today by a boxing legend. She's truly one of the greats. my very good friend, Chrissy. Drum roll, please. (laughs) I was watching Pitch Perfect last night and the guy did a belly roll and I thought about doing it, but- A belly roll? Like-
0: Oh, the listeners want to hear that now.
1: Can you hear that?
0: Yeah, fortunately. Should we do it
1: all together and see if we- (laughs) Okay, welcome
2: Chrissy. Hello. Um, how can I live up to an introduction like that?
0: Your face was priceless <laughs> when uh, when Mahini the was shock. Introducing you. You were thinking, "Is it me?" I
2: was. Or like, or is am it? I? Oh, Mahini. No, you're
0: too. You're too modest.
2: I'm Chrissy. I'm Mahini's friend from the gym. Um, boxing legend, as she says. Um, and we occasionally punch each other on
1: Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, every day of the week, my friend. <laughs> But in the ring, yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays.
0: So are we talking like boxer size or is it more professional punching of the face?
2: I feel like officially professional. I feel like maybe what Mahini and I do, boxer size.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are there those like lots of pads involved? Oh, yeah. Or is it quiet, bare knuckle? and?
2: Yeah, yeah. we're, we're padded up,
1: which is good because otherwise I think I probably have like two black eyes. You say no. this, we did have a very close call the other week it was quite funny chrissy kicked my elbow she gasped and i went no don't worry it's fine like tried to brush it off like a big man not realizing it was chrissy that was (laughs) injured i've never seen a love so big
2: like your elbows are lethal weapons
0: (laughs) they are aren't they
2: why do you say that like you know like i've hit you with my elbow before on the dance floor
0: Elbows are very effective, so I've heard.
1: Well, it kept me limping for about five weeks. Oh, very effective. (laughs) She got like a golf ball size lump on her foot. So, yeah, it's not all rainbows and sunshine in the boxing ring, let me tell you. It's serious work out there.
0: So, is that the worst injury, I guess, generally, that either of you have ever sustained?
1: Yeah, I think my ego has been bruised a fair amount, but that's the only physical one. (laughs) I'm very hopeful that our boxing instructor won't be listening to this. But I feel like I really want to do well because this guy's so cool. So every time something doesn't go to plan with one of the routines that we're doing i do feel my ego like take a massive hit because he's not unimpressed but then he'll just like stop watching you and watch someone else and i'm like oh shine your light back on me
0: yeah it's
1: also
2: almost guaranteed that when he comes and watches you're gonna mess up immediately every time
0: but that's good isn't it because if you two are going for this sort of big money big audience watching and stuff you got to get used to it now yeah more. i
2: want one of those big belts i think they're coming back into fashion
0: Okay, so let's let's kind of roll back, if you can remember. Do, do you remember the first, first time you met each other? Did you just, like, pair up?
2: No, well, I was really happy because Mahini made me her friend.
0: Right, she does do that, <laughs> doesn't she?
2: Yeah, it's nice. It's like being adopted. I was like a lonely puppy, and
1: she came over and was like, oh, do you want to be friends? I was like, yes, please. <laughs> it sounds so weird when you say it like that, but, yeah, I feel like that's pretty much how it went down. It was my very first, I think it was Muay Thai, and I went up to... A very attractive man who i thought was the instructor so i was like oh are you the instructor and he was like no and i was like oh okay nice to talk to you anyway goodbye um so i was standing there a bit embarrassed and then looked to my right and just saw chrissy grinning and i was like hello (laughs) take two try and make a friend here Um, (laughs) and we've been buddied up ever since
0: it's all about networking isn't
1: it speaking of grinning it does feel a
2: bit like stockholm syndrome (laughs) like when you leave you're so happy oh my god i want
1: to do this again and then maybe two minutes into the routine you're like i've made a bad decision (laughs) you're my gym wife because every time you're not there i get paired with someone else once i got paired with this guy and he kept
0: to keep punching you
1: (laughs) (laughs) and he just kept pushing me like my body and then I just shoved him back and, what are you doing? And he was like, no, you've got to like be unbalanced, stay on your toes. I'm not all about that advanced <laughs> stepping, sidestepping nonsense. I just want to do some nice routines.
0: So th- this guy thought he was the instructor, but he wasn't. Was he, exactly. Kind of the reverse of the other guy. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. And I had another girl who didn't want to hold the pads up because her arm hurt. And Chrissy would never behave like that. So it's all about a good partner.
0: You set the bar very high by the sounds of it, Chrissy.
1: I have almost too high for me to even
2: reach. <laughs> like I'm a little bit nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb sense.
0: So tell me both, why did you choose boxing? It sounds like you were doing other martial arts and stuff as part of Did you kind of fall into this or did you go thinking, I want to box?
2: Um, so I used to do karate when I was a lot younger. So 14, uh, the heydays <laughs> um, of secondary school and puberty. And I loved it. I think because, you won't know this over podcast, but I'm pretty tall (laughs) and lanky. And it's a lot of kicking karate. I disagree. They
1: can sense your height. (laughs) You're a presence from your voice alone. We'll take a poll after. Yeah.
0: Well, based on uh, kicking Mahini's elbow, I feel like I've got a good idea of of your height.
2: Yeah. Either I'm really flexible or I'm just really tall. Take your pick. It could be both.
0: Yes. I used to do karate, actually, but um, I, I wasn't really that invested in the sport. I used to do it with my mum and dad, and we always used to go to the petrol station afterwards and get, like, a milky bar, and that was literally the reason i do it.
2: So your your mum and dad did karate too?
0: Yeah, the three of us used to do it, but I did it for the post-workout snack, you know, that milky bar, that's what it was all about.
1: Are you sure your parents weren't just having an intense fight, and then they <laughs> took you to get a chocolate bar to forget, or you actually went to class with them? Well,
0: there was lots of other people there, so oh, you went to uh, class. maybe, but... <laughs> And the uniform was a bit of a giveaway.
1: We'll let you unpack this elsewhere, Toby. Um, hashtag therapy is for everyone.
0: <laughs> so Chrissy, I'm wondering, would you still now know how to tie the karate belt? Because that's something that's always eluded me.
2: It's just a knot, <laughs> isn't it?
0: It's not though, is it? It's like a weird, complex karate knot.
2: I feel like I've still got it in me. If I was like, had someone had a gun to my head, like so you'd tie this or you'd die. I could probably figure it out. <laughs>
1: I thought your brain went there you were like in an everyday scenario probably don't have the brain power to master uh life and death forget me not like it's there
0: what kind of karate class did you go to was it was it always life and death
1: it was you walked in you didn't know if you'd walk out
2: again
0: <laughs> you yeah. come in and there's a leg in the face off the back of that then i'm just wondering so I've talked to Mahini briefly about this and she was saying that she's definitely felt like she's been more confident since she's been doing this. So I just wanted to discuss whether you do it for like a self-defense safety kind of perspective or if you feel more confident as a result of doing it. I mean, it sounds like you've been doing it for a while as you were doing karate. Well, I
2: had a huge gap. So I finished karate when I was like 16 and then I started boxing and Muay Thai last November. So it's been quite a few years. But actually, I think I'm just going to show my nerdy geeky side and I used to watch quite a lot of martial art, like, ninja films mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I I love superhero
1: films. So I think I just wanted to do that. Oh, do you? Yeah. I'm actually right there with you. Um, You know, Black Widow? Yes. You know, her sister, when she was making fun... I don't know if anyone is going to get this reference, because I can't remember what the movie was called, but when she was making fun of how she, like, jumps to the floor and flicks her hair back. Florence Pooh.
0: Yeah, this was Black Widow. The yeah.
1: Movie. I don't know why, but I saw that and I was like, oh... I mean, it's not the reason I did it, but I think it was one of those factors. I was like, that's so badass. I want to be able to jump down and actually A, be able to get back up again and B, maybe like kick some butt on the way. <laughs> so I get that, like.
0: Well, let's talk about superhero movies. Obviously there's a bit of a reputation now that they don't actually do proper fighting, do they? Cause they try and make it look good. It's always, it's more like a dance than a <laughs> punching to kill kind of thing. I mean, do you see that? Do you feel like you can recognize difference between?
1: No, me and Chrissy
2: punch to kill and nothing else. <laughs> I think usually also in superhero films, the characters are so attractive <laughs> that I'm probably not paying technical detail. I'm just like
1: enjoying the spectacle. The only time I've, pe- I've like looked at someone is when it's an actual martial artist pro and then I'm like, "Whoa, that's really cool. But yeah, I'm pretty amateur. I wouldn't be like, oh, your hook was a bit unhooky. See, I don't even, I, don't, I wouldn't know how to critique it. Um, I'm just there for the good times, yeah. you know? <laughs>
0: So do you learn less sort of technique at your classes? Is it more, I don't know, about cardio? Uh,
2: There's quite a lot of technique involved. But as you mentioned before, it is like dancing. Because you just repeat things. And then, so I would do it and Mm. then Mahini would do it back.
1: So I think our first dance as husband and wife, wife and wife, would be pretty cool. Pretty sync. sync. So So, ins- it's really fun because you get like, work is so stressful, life is so stressful. Like you have all this, ang- I feel like a really angry person saying this, but sometimes you have like a bad day and you've got a lot of anger in you and it's such a good outlet to get it out. And then when you get into the rhythm of it, it's just, What's the opposite of mind-numbing? So you aren't really thinking, your brain's really still, but your body is going really quickly and it's kind of weirdly calming given what you're doing. <laughs> and yeah, like a little dance.
0: Yeah, I get that. So more generally then, you've mentioned balancing this with work. What do you think kind of motivates both of you to keep going? Do you ever have those days when you're like, I really can't be asked to go? Oh, all the time. Because I often find that they're the days when you get the most benefit Yeah, I mean, thing.
2: I feel like the endorphins are pretty addictive. So I think after you've been a few times, you just remember how good it feels. And then you sort of go for that addiction. Mm. Um, but also just having Mahini as a gym buddy, because then you know if you don't go, you're letting someone down, which is really helpful.
1: I feel the same, actually. And um, I was talking to Toby about this before. Like My motivation to work out has never really been, for me, Like it's been external factors mm-hmm. like, oh, I want that summer bod, or a particular person has made me feel bad, so I'm going to motivate myself by thinking about them. And it's really unhealthy, but now I'm like really addicted to feeling good and that makes me want to go more and I feel healthier like it's nice and what you said like I don't want to let Chrissy down like we we're a duo dynamic little fighting duo you don't want to meet us on the streets anymore as you do we're quite nice but also just to add to that I think it's really good because doing a skill
2: and exercise rather than other gym activities which are purely aesthetic focused like mahini before it was always external factors that sort of prompted me to exercise but now i'm like oh i'm getting stronger or I'm like i'm punching harder and actually yesterday i was um because you get bruised quite a lot i was sending a photo to my mum um who hates how bruised i am (laughs) actually she's like constantly being like why are you in this toxic relationship with boxing (laughs) um and I was sending a photo and I like I was like, oh, my God, my shoulders look so strong. And it's just a weird concept for me to have because before I was always like, oh, I need to like skinnier and
1: smaller. And now I'm like, oh, no, I'm bulking up. And it's actually quite nice. Wow. I completely get that because I feel like before we were always told that men needed to be strong and bulky and we needed to be like slender, good body. And now it's come to the fact where it's like you have to have it's like skinny thick is mm. the new thing. So massive booty and upper booty. And then like skinny everywhere else but now i'm like upper beauty i meant boobs and i'm panicked um, but now it's like i can notice that my arms are more toned and before that i used to say i'd never lift weights because i didn't want to have toned arms because that's that would make me look butch or something mm. and that's so dumb and i don't know why i ever thought that and i never thought to question it but i agree like i've noticed muscle definition in places i've never had and i'm like yeah you go girl
0: well like you say it's functional as well isn't it so do you think that's that's like a, a body image that's changed like generally or do you think it's just our age group as we've got older that's changed for us
2: i think there's extremes of everything so i think the good thing is there's more um sort of like fitness influencers that people can see on instagram that do lift weights and are clearly like more toned and stronger Mm. but i do think that each generation runs a risk of getting too into things in the sense that it's always an extreme so before it's like you've got to be super skinny like heroin chic and then it was like more the Kim Kardashian, you've got to have this huge ass yeah. and tiny, tiny waist. And now I feel like you can almost have the same with weights, where you need to be the strongest and lift the heaviest. Um, so I think each, each generation has its extremes. Um, but yeah, it certainly benefited that it's not just the skinny trope we've got others to choose from.
0: I think that's important, isn't it? Because there isn't really one kind of identical body. And and I think it's really poisonous when people all try to want to look the same because you're doomed before you start when you you don't have that bone structure or anything like that. Often it's unhealthy, isn't it, to try and look like someone else?
1: And it's also like you have to be consumed by that thing to be good at it. And it's so unrealistic to expect someone to give their all. To fitness we've got so many other aspects of our life that we need to think about and enjoy like friends and having fun and eating nice food like it's mm. really unhealthy to be like you have to be like as Chrissy says on the extreme of it to be a success in it
0: I think it's really interesting what you're saying about these like extremes in like working out and fitness. I definitely see that um, in the sports that I do. My, like, sport of choice is diving. Obviously, a big name in diving is Tom Daley, and I recently finished listening to his autobiography, and you really get a kind of day-to-day idea of the training that's required to be at an Olympic level. And it reminds me as well of when you hear about these stories of actors, especially superheroes, and you just hear some of the things that they have to do, because it's not a sustainable workout programme. They'll just do it for, like, six months, crash course, and then film really intensely. Um, one that I always think about is Wolverine, you know, uh, Hugh Jackman. Because, for example, he won't drink for 24 hours. He won't drink any water because that dehydration allows his muscles to be more defined. And it kind of feels like either you have to do something that's really unhealthy or you have to be training every day. You can't eat a pizza, you know.
2: I would actually say that's more of a cultural thing. I don't know whether it's just because of the people I follow on Instagram, but there's been a few posts going around in like this year around how we have to have more acceptance of people just doing stuff. For fun. Like not because they're good at it, not because mm. they want to be the best at it, but just because
1: they enjoy it. I have told a few people about my Thai and boxing just in passing and it's kind of been received in really strange ways by certain people. They've been like affronted, almost like uh what? Uh why don't you tell me? Uh That's since when? Uh how why are you and it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't need to advertise and broadcast every aspect of my life i don't need to have a goal in mind for it i just like going i don't i don't want to compete
0: do you think they assume that you must be working towards some competitions and why haven't you mentioned this because it's that idea of this is a program there's a beginning there's an end point yeah
1: i think people like defined things and they like being able to understand where it's going and i don't know if it's a wider Mm. thing of like people needing control over certain aspects of other people i don't know it was really weird to me I just thought people would, like friends, would just be like, oh, cool. But yeah, it seems like it always has to be goal-oriented. Yeah. And interesting that you say competition. I think maybe part of it's tied up with the hustle culture that we've built. Mm -hmm. And also, if you see other people doing something that you've never done, it might make you question, why am I not doing that? Oh, God, is everyone doing my tie now? Do I have to do that too? Mm. Like last night, for example, I had a quiet night in, and part of me felt stressed about doing that. Yeah, it's hard to turn off the external, like go 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 yeah i think that
2: hustle culture is so true um like even when it comes to um friendships and things it seems like even despite the fact that we've all done nothing for two years everybody sort of sees when they've got a spare hour it needs to be used in some way and it's some
1: waste of resources Mm. or waste of time not to do that and i think that's such a shame Yeah, I think it's enough to just be, if you want to just be, for that hour. And it's the same with, like, the goals. Like, it's okay to just do something rather than, yeah. Maybe it's because we've been locked down for two hours. (laughs) Two hours? That would have been nice for two years. (laughs) That now we're all, like, must make time count.
0: I do think that there's quite a poisonous work culture that we have where people work beyond what's healthy and normal and then sport can become this thing where oh as long as you do an hour at the end of the day that's enough to kind of keep you sane but I think actually that's just taking the endorphins thing and going it's almost like a quick reset at the end of the day to justify going on working sort of ungodly hours and a job that's really not satisfying and that kind of thing everyone has a different relationship with sport in terms of the amount they want to do how regularly that sort of thing so the idea that it's just this thing that you just attach to the end of your day i think there there is a risk you can then not address why, like why are you feeling so stressed
1: i think for me um i've never liked exercise i've always been innately reluctant to move <laughs> <laughs> which makes me sound so lazy, but I've just never enjoyed it. Mm. I remember me, my dad and my brother would always go on Saturday bike rides. And I just remember crying my eyes out because it would always be uphill. My brother would be fine soaring through. My dad would be like trotting along and I'd just be there sobbing because my legs would hurt and I'd be like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I always like associated exercise with pain and discomfort. And I would pretend my ankle was twisted yeah. to avoid cross country running at school. I would just avoid, avoid, avoid. And I think that changed for me in sixth form when I started going to Zumba class because that was dancing and that was like I had no idea that I was exercising because I was listening to music and I was having so much fun. And I feel the same with boxing. I think that's really important for someone who has that mindset, who's always just inherently ape and bad. Like I'm just rubbish at sports. To be honest. We did hurdles and I winded myself like I'm just not naturally good at stuff um, when it's involved in a sports world. But when it's something that you can do to get those endorphins, less of a checklist at the end of your day, because I totally get what you're saying, but more like you can still do it in a way that isn't traditional, then I'm all for
0: it. That's such a good point. I think it's not even about motivation. It's just I do it because I like to do it. I, I go for walks because I like to go for walks. You know, I think if, if you're doing a sport because you go this is defined as being good for me i think often that's not particularly it doesn't have much longevity whereas it sounds like you know you've really found your fists if you like in boxing so (laughs) you don't need to talk about like the motivation what makes you go you just want to go and that's it
2: it's doing sport when you're younger versus doing sport now Because when Mahini was talking, I was like, I really relate to this. Mm. Because when you do sports at school, it's so competitive. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't... It makes sense to me that Zumba was the first time you enjoyed it. Because you don't go into a Zumba class, you're like, I need to be the best. Yeah. Like, I need to be everybody. Whereas at school, it's almost like cross-country, you need to be the first. You need to, like, get across the finish line a certain time. Or you need to be picked first for a certain team. And certainly... Like with my family, my mum and sister have always been so athletic to the point where I would avoid exercise because I didn't want to compete because I knew I'd lose and it was only when I sort of went to uni and now living in London by myself where exercise has become something
1: for me. How you said Zumba wouldn't be competitive which it never was and I loved Zumba so much but since coming to London I feel like the gym we go to especially certain people there do still have that competitive edge <laughs> yeah. so i went to this dance class with there's loads of different classes that are on spread and my time boxing are just some of them use code <laughs> mahini and chrissy at checkout um but yes yeah, so i went to this dance class and it was i don't know there was a mirror in front of us everyone was dancing it was a lot of fun but oh my goodness it was intense it felt like a dance audition and it was we have a lot of gay guys at our gym which i adore because it means we don't get stared at um, And I want to just channel their energy sometimes because the instructor was like, guys, do we want to run through one more time without music or with music? And all the ladies, every single one of us were like, oh, um, whatever's easy. I'm fine with anything. Not to worry, Sharon, it's fine. (laughs) And then this one guy at the front just went, play it with the music and snapped his fingers. And I was just like, whoa, like such fierce competition and direction, knowing what he wanted um, I've not been back since because it didn't really tick the boxes of what I'm looking for in exercise, but yeah, I had to respect his, um, yeah, I don't know the word for it, sass.
0: Christy, you seen did you want to say something about that, the competitors I Zumba.
2: also went to the dance classes because like, oh, this would be so fun because during the pandemic, when none of us could go out, it turns out that I really miss clubbing. So I just sort of danced in my room. So I was like, oh, finally a chance to sort of do it with people. And it was so intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like it was supposed to be this really sort of fun, inclusive thing. And then at the end they're like, right, so we're going to split you into groups and you're all going to sort of do it in the middle and everyone's going to watch. And I was suddenly like harking back to like school. Yeah. Oh, I was suddenly nice. so intimidated. Yeah. I, I like brought up things from school and like trauma <laughs> that I didn't even realize I had. And I was yeah. sort of dancing. I was like, oh God, <clears> this <throat> is no longer fun.
1: I feel a bit hypocritical saying how much fun I'm having and how freeing it is. But I think a lot of that is tied to the friendship that I've got with Chrissy. And that means we've had to, we've been able to sidestep the doing it alone. But what I would say to anyone who is Mm. looking to do this, A, stay open-minded to making friends there. And B, even if you don't, that's fine too. Because obviously we can't always be at the same class and it's still fine and we still get the good work out. It is way more fun when you get to go with someone that you've like established a partnership with, but it's still fine alone so don't worry.
0: It's often said that when you do sport with someone else you're more likely to stick with it because I think for those people the social element is a really important outlet for them. But yeah some people like to exercise alone and are very rigorous with it and I think you just got to find what you do and everything's okay. So we keep talking about the traumas of uh, high school PE. I don't know what your experiences were but for us it was always boys and girls separated and boys always did rugby and bearing in mind it's that age of puberty and like hormones and stuff some people are much much bigger and grow much faster and then you're just splitting them in rugby teams this is obviously from like my perspective and telling them to run at each other and rip the ball off. And so, what is that instilling in you? Because I think it's really scarring for people who are like smaller. I I was always very small at school. Funny enough, I actually did rugby outside of school. I should have wanted to aspire to be on the school team, the school rugby team, but I'd go to like one training practice and I just found it so alienating. And I just thought, I'm just gonna get hurt. I think that's why I got into like gymnastics and trampolining because there was always other people there, but that way I could go, right, I'm not gonna get hurt unless I don't do the move properly. But also, it was that thing of, I don't like people that mess around and kind of like, that's the thing about team sports is everyone has to be a team player. So they were the kind of two things for me. Yeah, it's terrifying at that age. And I think that really informs your relationship with sport. I mean, I, what was your perspective? I know like at my school, the girls did hockey and netball. And it's like, I'd much rather have done that.
2: Well, the guys at my school did do hockey. Oh, really? So at least they had that. But when you're speaking, it just reminded me of the fact that at school, sport was so linked with popularity. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Mm. I remember being so annoyed that all the popular people were the ones that first picked for the sports team. And like all the popular guys are the ones that like the rugby first and stuff like that. And it just, I think it really builds an unhealthy
1: relationship between how people perceive you and exercise. I massively agree with that. It was exactly the same in my school. I dreaded standing there waiting for my name to inevitably be the last one to be called it was always that and for me it's probably not a race thing because you experienced it too and you're not Indian um but for me it always felt like it was a race thing because it would always be ethnic minorities at the end and I don't know if that was just particularly my school that was always the case so that was really annoying for me and made me think that maybe just who I was was someone that wasn't naturally sporty which I've spoken about today maybe that's just a who I am but I always thought it was tied to my identity a bit more and also I found it so stressful Indian girls are hairy like really really hairy Italian girls too (laughs) yeah and it's so stressful I would cry my eyes out it's actually really sad like looking back at poor little Mahini I would do anything I could to avoid sports winter was fine because we could wear tracksuits and jumpers and cover up but honestly like that was traumatizing
0: yeah and we used to have a little like vest and shorts, very like 1970s and you're just freezing and if you don't want to get involved you're not going to be warm and it's just there's no place for you there you just have to stand there because there's these like quotas for the number of hours you have to be seen to be doing and i always found that i found it really insulting because i did so much sport outside of school Like I was swimming all the time. I was playing rugby. And so I felt like this isn't, I don't want to waste my time with this sport and I'm just going to get hurt or embarrassed or cold. So it's not about sport, I don't think. Yeah,
2: I also find it strange that we're celebrating people who are good at sports that were picked by like really, really old people hundreds of years ago to play at school. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be good at netball. Not everybody's going to be at rugby. You could be an amazing gymnast or amazing swimmer or amazing boxer. And no one will know your, like, validity and success at school are just based on how far you can throw an egg <laughs> shape ball.
0: <laughs> That's the thing. I often find, uh, I is going to be a massive sweeping statement, all PE teachers, <laughs> I do find that, uh, in my experience, PE teachers, they, they will usually have a sport that they've had more experience with, but they're quite generalist, and so they don't appreciate the really niche or the plethora of sports that people do outside of school. And I remember, like when we just do this random sport, like occasionally, like there's like javelin, for example, because we have like an athletic season and we do like javelin and you just have these people they throw the javelin and they just go and pick it (laughs) up and it's like there's these people just throwing javelins at each other. You think what is, in what world is that what we should be doing at school? Because people don't want to do it. It's just dangerous. You're just throwing these like lethal weapons at each other. I also
1: think like PE teachers are, no disrespect to them, I'm sure there are a lot of really good ones out there, but there are certain teachers that are really there who want to help you and cultivate your talent and whatever that may be, they're there for you. I think mm. PE teachers take a shining light on the kids who exhibit and demonstrate strong physical attributes from the get go. If you don't, you're really disregarded. I think my PE teacher called me Mahayanide for the whole year. She didn't know my name for the whole year. And on my, like, we had these really intense scoring cards for every subject. Um, one was very good five not so good and you'd get one for effort and one for attainment and to be fair my effort in PE was a two but my attainment was a four and it's just like th- why like you don't know that because you don't look at me you don't know my name yeah it's not that weird chemical that you think it's like
0: they've reduced you to a uh, an atomic number <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that even an actual chemical I don't think it's an <sighs> actual chemical no
0: Look, Chrissy, they teach PE. I don't, I don't want to say that they, they didn't do well in chemistry, but if I had to, Hazard, I had I to make an assumption.
1: Um, this is very random and it just popped into my head, but I was thinking about Rebel Wilson and her relationship with her own body weight and how her brand was associated with being Fat Amy. Um, and it kind of reminds me of all of the external factors that we've been talking about here, whether it's a PE teacher or your friends or goals or Instagram or social media, whatever it might be. Um, And it was only during lockdown that she actually took a step back and was like, this is not who I want to be for me. I know it's the brand I've established in the industry I work in, but it's not working for me. So I'm going to change it. And I think if she were here, she would agree with everything we've said.
0: That must be so hard to change, challenge that. Yeah, more power to her. I also
1: think that shows
2: how much of a role media plays in the way we view ourselves. Because I remember reading an interview from her recently and she said that since she's lost the weight, She's been offered different roles than she would be offered before, and I think just a representation of different sized women or men on screen plays a massive part in how you feel about yourself and exercise.
0: It's not just sport, is it? We we obviously talked about Adele before, and I remember when she, she lost lots of weight, and that was breaking news, because I don't know, she'd always been this... I don't know, I think because people, people identified with her, she's always been very plain-talking, very down-to-earth, and so the idea that she'd lost weight I don't know it was like it was she changed her identity or something I
1: think both of those are kind of the trope of who you would imagine would be picked last for sports and I don't know why but it's kind of like they have such strong Mm. personalities and it seems as if if you're really really fit and physically good at sports you're just a jock with no brain (laughs) and then if you're a bit bigger or you're not naturally physically gifted you're funny and it's like we like. I'm sure no one actually thinks, mm. or not as many people think like this anymore. But it's just we need to break down everything.
0: Yeah, we need to challenge it. We're not saying we're not saying yeah. all PE teachers.
1: Hashtag not all PE teachers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we 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 just we're calling for change. And if anyone's got any stories of really inspiring PE <laughs> teachers that maybe introduced them to sport when they didn't previously like it, then we would love to hear.
1: Pick me first for PE. Gosh, damn it
0: i'll tell you what though we did used to the one spot i did like was uh, dodgeball and you might think that that's really aggressive but i think because it's non-contact in the sense that there is a red line literally like you're not allowed to cross the the line on the pitch you're obviously launching balls at each other what
1: kind of underlying subconscious message did P want us to get at
0: <laughs> as i'm saying it now i'm thinking yeah it says a lot about the, the <laughs> people running it but yeah that was good fun and then did we had this just thing just called call
1: ultimate Oh P just peed <laughs> It was, subtext. That. it was not it was something.
0: No, um yeah, we did this thing called Ultimate Dodgeball, which was more like paintball where you could move around and we had like obstacle courses and stuff that you could like hide behind and that I mean that's more of like a war zone style <laughs> sport so maybe.
1: I'd like to repeat the hashtag therapy is for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, I think we've done well to dodge all of the issues that could have arisen from all of the trauma that we've spoken about today and me and Chrissy especially boxing legend as I mentioned at the start that was my way of trying to wrap up so that's like at the start
0: of a sentence and then you just ended it there
1: I was kind of hoping you would it was a mic drop moment I was looking at you in the camera like big eyes like say something say something
0: (laughs) Well, the, the one other thing I've got here on my on my plan, and I think we know the answer to this, but it's the thoughts on the hot girl summer. That's in quotes, that's not my, that's not how I talk. <laughs> Just with summer on the horizon, do you feel like maybe you're thinking about it differently, not thinking about it? Does the external factors of, am I gonna look good on the beach, does that still factor into your, yeah, your exercising I now? think
2: it probably always will be. I doubt mm-hmm. there's anybody that's grown up. I mean, I wish there is that won't think of the aesthetics and how people perceive them regardless whether that's Mm -hmm. sort of winter bundled in tons of coats or sort of showing more skin in summer but as the hashtag itself i actually don't have an issue with it i think that people could be hot in whatever way makes them feel hot sadly in england probably not with the temperature of variety (laughs) Um, so i think it's fine and there's just something around summer and sort of feeling freer more daylight hours to do with what you will um maybe Mahini and I will take the boxing to the streets
1: yeah I'm in (laughs) I also really agree um I think for me I've always been the lead up to summer has always been stressful I think it is for a lot of people who are a bit more body conscious but I'm feeling good in my body I feel confident it's not perfect I don't think it ever will be I don't think anyone has a perfect body um but I think Yeah, if you feel like a hot girl, and even if you don't feel like a hot girl, you should because I don't even need to see you to know that you are. And guys, too. Hi, guys. You're hot, too.
0: (laughs) Can I just say, because making me think of Naked Attraction, have you seen that show?
1: I love
2: that show. Oh, my gosh. What a bizarre show.
0: Like, in many ways, we have quite a free. Society where people can be seen on TV wearing nothing, like you know, you get a lot more nudity nowadays. But in many ways, it challenges the norms of people do judge each other on how they look and stuff, but in this really kind of physiological kind of way.
2: I feel like it's such a contradiction because the whole premise of it is you're literally judging someone on what they look like, which sort of goes against everything yeah. that I've been taught. But at the same time, I find it really reassuring because you see a whole host of different bodies on that show and you also see a whole host of like pickers, is that right, like contestants? And they all have different types. Yeah. And if anything, it's reassuring that sort of the super skinny, blonde, white, middle-class stereotype of what beauty is, especially sort of in the UK,
1: yeah. isn't true for everyone. And I just really like that. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? And we forget
0: that sometimes. It is embracing lots of different shapes, sizes, preferences and so on. What I would like to know, though, is how are they getting enough people to want to go on there? Because it feels like most people wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Where are they drawing these people from? Because it's not like there's a prize at the end. Like, that's obviously what draws people in for reality TV is the prospect of getting a career out of it or something, when you're just going on to find a partner or a date or something, but it means exposing yourself to the nation.
2: There's always been a subset of the popularity that love exhibitionism, so maybe <laughs> they're just really into that.
1: Yeah, maybe there actually are more people that want to strip off than we know. Maybe your world is full of clothed people, and there's a world out there just around the corner where everyone's nude. I don't know, go on a walk, Toby, see what you find. And if you are one of those exhibitionists, get in touch at moto.thepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, come on. You need to be you need to be the gay guy at Zumba.
1: I need that power.
0: <laughs> well, this has been this has been great fun. I feel like we've talked about a lot of stuff that's not really come up before on, on this show. It hasn't.
1: Um, massive thank you to Boxing Wife, Legend, Floats Like a Butterfly, Stings Like a Bee, Chrissy Fusco. I'm not going to say the second part of your surname, for. <laughs> yeah, belly roll, please that's weirdly so liberating
0: <laughs> get hot girl summer and do a belly, yeah. roll belly
1: roll summer <laughs> thanks for coming on chrissy thank you for having me thanks toby <laughs> oh, you're very welcome um you'll see us next time you'll hear us next time
0: bye mom